so we don't get fined. My name is David. I thought my name was David. My name is Thomas. My name is David. And we are back with another episode. For those of you who are uh, just tuning in, don't. I'm not dumb that I forgot my name. I'm David. That's Thomas. The Wait, one who you're says David the, too. The one I who says the Thomas. bad stuff. The one who says the stuff. If this is your first episode, the one who says really silly stuff, that's going to be Thomas. And then the one who sounds like uh, they've had football injected into their brain with how smart they talk about it. That's me. April Fools. Uh, it's January, my guy. Ah, uh, well, you are a January fool then. <laughs> Jokes on you. I'm a fool year round. Oh no. Anyway, <laughs> um, the season is over. Yeah, what this a is well, the regular season is over. This is normally our podcast where we come in and tell you uh, what our picks are going to be for the upcoming week, going towards our overall record record that me and Thomas have been doing all year. Well, the results are in, folks. We started off pretty okay. I would like to think. Yeah, yeah, uh, 500. And then we got real bad. Oh, real bad. For <laughs> a might, solid few might, weeks. You might have noticed we stopped giving you guys the total record. There's for a, a reason for that. solid few weeks, we started real bad. Yeah, we started getting, getting real bad. Like, and then we picked it back up. I think we've had winning records the last few weeks, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, if you don't remember, going into this week, Thomas and I were tied. We were both even with one another. Again, we stopped taking our overall records because they were real bad. Yeah. Uh, but we were tied with one another, so whoever won this week was going to be the winner. And uh, I regret to inform you. Regret? I am proud to inform uh, you. Thomas did overtake me this weekend in football. Both of us still did well. I went 8-8. Eight and eight. Thomas, though, went 10-6 and six, uh, and will be taking home the crown I am the king. So we are going to devise a punishment. We have yet to do that. As soon as we figure out what it is, you will be the first to know. Uh, but Thomas did well, end up beating me. Technically, they'll be the third to know. I mean, yeah, because you and I will be the first yeah, to know. Like, but like, outside of us, you will be the first to know. Unless we tell someone, which we probably will. Probably will. You will find out. You will definitely be top ten to yeah. find out. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's going to be fun. I'm very scared because I feel like it's going to have something to do with spicy food. Uh, and I have the spicy food palate of uh, the whitest of Anglo-Americans on the planet. That is not true. It is not. There, but I still have on. a bad spicy food palate. There is a hockey podcaster who I'm personally a big fan of, Steve Dangle, Been who cannot him. handle spice. They He lost a challenge or something. It might have been for charity. He had to eat a green pepper on like while recording and he's sitting there in front of his mic that's you know on a stand on the table he's got the green bell pepper and he's got a trash can a bell pepper a bell pepper they're sweet yeah well (laughs) uh he did not fare well in that well i'll say this i came by it honestly my mom handles spice even less than me mom if you're listening to this i'm sorry i'm telling the story today literally today at dinner yeah my, my my I ate dinner with my mom and my aunt. My aunt got blackened catfish. Ooh. It looked real good. It sounds real good. Uh, my mom ate a bite, and she goes, ooh, that's real blackened. That's spicy. 
If you don't know how they make black and catfish, it's pepper. Yeah. That yeah. gives it the black. Yep. Pepper. Pepper. Ooh. Yeah. So I come by it honestly, and I can handle a heck of a lot more than that. For instance, I eat honey barbecue wings. Uh, <laughs> that's a uh, joke. We were talking about it at work about like gallbladder and like what you can't eat after that's been removed. And they're like, yeah, basically spicy food. And I'm like, dude, I would die. <laughs> I would die of starvation. Every meal I eat is spicy. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, I, if you all saw what this man puts Asian zing sauce on, it would appall you. Uh, everything. Exactly. That's because it goes with everything. It's appalling. It goes with everything. It's so good. But anyway, so despite good. So good. our uh, mid-to-end-season skid, Thomas and I have had a lot of fun picking these games. Uh, and so we are going to continue on in the playoffs. This yeah. isn't going to count towards our overall record. This is for funsies. But we are going to continue for fun and for well, pride so that when I inevitably win, I can say that his regular season win was a fluke. I told I, I told you it was for fun. Really, I just want to make sure you understand that I am the... Uh, I mean, sure, buddy. I am the one. I mean, I would just like to say, as of just a few weeks ago, you were still pretty high on your Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl pick. I'm still so. pretty high on my Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl pick. Yikes. They are at least making the NFC Championship. Yikes. Uh, anyway. Any in. Moving on. We will go ahead and go through these six games for Super Wild Card Weekend. And we will... Uh, super. Make our picks. Good we'll time. give you where we think uh, who wins, who covers, all that good Jazz got a couple of big spreads for playoff football. I mean, uh, and a few of them make sense. A couple of them are a little surprising, but um, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's jump feet first. The I'll start with the NFC, and then I'll go to the AFC. NFC first: Seattle versus San Francisco. San Francisco is minus ten. Now, okay. personally, I think Seattle covers. Okay. I think San Francisco wins. I think San Francisco wins pretty comfortably. But by a touchdown. Uh, I don't think it's 10. 10's a lot of points for a playoff game. In the playoffs, anything can happen. We have seen 7 and 9 teams go to the Super Bowl. Uh, we have seen we've 8 seen, and 8 teams win the Super Bowl. Seattle yeah. go 7 and 9 and go to a Super Bowl. They yeah. lost to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. But the point is, anything can happen in the postseason. Uh, and those are like. This is not the national championship. Playoff NFL playoff games are usually pretty dang good games. And so uh, I got Seattle to cover, but I got San Francisco to win. Where are you at with the... Uh... San Francisco is going to win this game by 13. Interesting. Interesting. If they win by exactly 13, I'm going to ask where the time machine is. It's in the DeLorean up the street. The time machine is not inside the DeLorean. The DeLorean is the time machine, oh you buffoon. Gosh. Get off it, dude. Okay? It's 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 hidden under a tarp, a nice shiny tarp to avoid uh, attention. Is that why you wear the clothes you wear to avoid attention from women specifically? I wear the clothes I wear. Cause oh! That, that was kidding. uncalled for. I'm just kidding. Uncalled for, sir. Oh. I... I, I wash dishes. I get wet. I wear clothes that are okay to get wet. Get off it. It was a joke. Calm Ooh, down. Trying Let's to. be honest. You've had more attention from the ladies in the last three years than I have. Hey, hey. Um, we should start a relationship advice podcast. We should not do that. We would give great advice. That is a terrible idea. The people who fail the most at things usually give the best advice at those things. I can't, I can't coach people on how to run, David. 
anyway. Uh, the next game, the New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is minus three. I've got Minnesota pretty easily here. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, the Vi- or the Giants had a good season, but I think this is when having Daniel Jones as your quarterback becomes apparent. I agree. I agree. Uh, and kudos to the Viking Vikings. The Giants for getting where they have. Uh, I think Brian Dayball is getting a lot of nods for Coach of the Year. Uh, we'll get into whether we think that's valid or not in a little bit, but um, he's getting a lot of nods, and for good reason. I think he's done really good team, good things with this franchise that even just a couple of years ago, despite having one of the best running backs in all of football, was a dumpster fire. Uh, and he has come in in one season, more than doubled the wins they had last year. Good for Dayball. I think he's done a good job. But I do think this is where quarterbacks can get exposed a little bit uh i think nick Foles was the anomaly he was the exception not the rule i think most quarterbacks when they don't need to be there it's shown in the playoffs and i think it's going to happen for danny dimes as well i concur with your assessment and then the final nfc game the dallas cowboys versus the tampa bay buccaneers something important to remember tom brady in his career has played the cowboys seven times in those seven games, he has seven wins. He's only played the Cowboys seven times in According his According to what I saw earlier on the interwebs, and everything on the internet is true. Well, after this week, he's going to continue to have seven wins. Really? Yeah. Okay. I personally have Dallas. I don't even know what the spread is, but it's Dallas. I, I think... Here's the thing about Dallas. Wait, you just said Dallas. Oh! You're going to... Oh! You're picking Dallas. Yeah. When you said he's going to continue, I thought you were going to say continue to be undefeated. You're saying continue to have seven wins, so it's yeah. going to be seven and one. I was wondering why you were so okay. surprised. I was okay. like, I'm caught up. This now. is not. I agree. I think, here's the deal. I think Dallas has a very low floor. Yeah. When they're bad, they're bad. Yeah. We saw it just a few weeks ago. Dak had like three picks. Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Combined had like 30 yards and a 2.5 yards per carry. It was terrible. Uh, but, but this is a team that always seems to come due at the right time. Either um, they've been playing really well and they crash, or mm-hmm. they've been playing really badly and they explode. Right. They're due to explode. And I think their ceiling is even higher than their floor is low. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, when Dak is at his best, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. That's a hot take. I understand that. He's not a top five quarterback because he's not always at his best. But when at his best, Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. And so I think they are due for a big game. I also like Dallas in this game. I would take them minus eight, if I'm being honest. I think the key for Dallas beating Tampa is to just keep their foot on the gas. It doesn't matter if you're up 50 if you're up 55 nothing with four minutes left, keep that foot on the gas. Give them that Georgia treatment. Yeah. You you run them out of that building. Did we talk about the college football? We didn't. We can. We're flying through these that picks. That was bad. It was bad. And I was proven right. Oh, my gosh. And that's always fun. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, I don't know about this pod, but we'll talk about it at some point. College football is usually on the Saturday pod, right? I mean, yeah, but we got time. We'll figure it out. Go with the flow. If we got time at the end, we got time at the end. 
now moving on to the AFC. I think this next game I'll do last because I think it's the hardest game of the whole whole wild card weekend. Okay. But uh, so we'll skip that. Do it last. We'll have a discussion. Um, so we'll go on Buffalo versus Miami. Buffalo is minus thirteen, and the important thing to remember here: no, Tua. Tua is out. He has not been medically cleared to play football. There's no shot in the bad place that Miami wins this football game. Hell, anything can happen. Blah 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 blah. Not with a third string rookie quarterback. He's not Brock Purdy. He played very very badly in the game that he did play. Skylar Thompson hasn't been horrendous. He has been. I mean, he, in the regular season, he has been. I mean, but anyway, that's irrelevant. Buffalo is going to curb stop, beat the doors off yep. of Miami. This might be a bigger blowout than Georgia TCU. What's the spread? Uh, 13. You taking Miami right now? I'm, th- I'm heavily considering it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I will put a T right next to Miami. 13. 13. No shot. Are you picking Miami? I'll take the dub, dude. 13 points. Miami. Yeah, give me my... Is it in Buffalo? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't. I want to, but I can't. It's got to be Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo beats the brakes off of them, dude. Like, I, I so badly want to be different and be yeah. like, oh, Miami. But I'm not going to go against the grain just to go against the grain. Listen, like, dude, this I, get is, I get it. I get it. I don't know the status. Word. I don't know the status of Teddy V. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't look good, though. I agree. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but I got Buffalo by a mile. Yeah. And then uh, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Here's the deal about this one. We have no idea if Lamar Jackson is playing. We don't even know if he's really hurt, if he's sitting out for contract reasons. We have no idea the status of Lamar Jackson. But Baltimore is uh, plus 8.5. Cincinnati is 8.5 point favorites. Simply because of the seeming turmoil in that locker room and the unknown status of Lamar Jackson, I'm picking Cincinnati. Uh, even if Lamar was playing, I'd still be taking Cincinnati. They're I just the more complete team. I also think while everyone and their mother is talking about Joe Burrow, he still seems slightly underrated to me. Joe Burrow is so freaking good at football. Yeah, he's top four quarterback in the league right now. And I don't think many people are saying that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just I love Joe Burrow. I am honestly crazy high on Joe Burrow. You could make the argument for top three. Yeah, I probably would actually. I mean, yeah, I mean like who who do you put over Joe Burrow at three? Rogers? No. No, Not this year. Murray? Definitely not not this year. Uh Hertz? Not any year. Uh I don't think we saw. I think we saw a lot. Hurts is I, hard. I think it would be easier to do if he played the full year. I, I think if we're looking at pure skill as a quarterback, I don't think we can appreciate how good Hurts is because Hurts is one of those guys. When you look at completion percentage and yards and stuff, it's nothing astronomical. Did you know he had 13 rushing touchdowns this year? I did not see that, but see that's the thing. Yeah, is you have to add in stuff like that. You have to add in his impact on the field. Like he only lost one game this season. Yeah, uh, I mean he, that's incredible. Uh, and so like his impact on the field and all that 
is more than just where he's at as a quarterback. So like this is Hurts is hard, but I still think Burrow's better than Hurts. This is off topic. Yeah. Where does Tua slide in at after this season? See, that's also really is hard. He, is he top ten? Also really hard. Because this last concussion Yeah, I, I would say yes, but I think I'm a lot higher on Tua than most people. Um because like a lot of people are saying, oh, Tua's been exposed. Look at the Green Bay game. He was concussed during that Green Bay game. Those three picks he threw, you can tell how not Tua they were. Yeah. I mean, he was hurt. And I don't know how made it through concussion protocol. I don't know how the noise has been as quiet. About uh, that. Granted, he hasn't played since then, so maybe that's why they actually sat him. But, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I love... Tua. I'm very high on Tua. Um, so I would put him in the top 10. But I, I think I'm higher than most. Top 15 for sure. Probably top 12 for sure. I would personally have him in my top 10. Like if I'm... If health isn't an issue and I'm picking between him and Kyler Murray, I would take Tua. Yeah. If health isn't an issue and I'm picking between him and like... Yeah, probably twenty other quarterbacks. I'm I'm taking Tua. Like I don't I don't know. It's it's hard. Tua's hard because of the concussions this year. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't. Hey, fair enough. But I think we'll need one full season of Tua. If we get that, then I think we can pretty firmly place him. Are we ever going to get one full season of Tua, though? That's a phenomenal question. I mean, but like- anyway. The last game, it's not the last game of the week, but uh, the last game we haven't picked yet, I think is the toughest one to pick all weekend. And that is the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Uh, Both of these teams were incredibly disappointing early on in the season. Uh, Jacksonville we expected, the Chargers we did not. Uh, The Chargers, I don't remember their exact record the last so many games, but I know they picked it up towards the end of the season. They finished 10-7. and And then obviously Jacksonville finished seven and two in their last nine and finished the season nine and eight to win the AFC South and to get in. So both of these teams ended the year crazy hot. Uh, both of these teams are coming in with a heck of a lot of momentum. Um, I, I do think LA is getting healthier on defense. I think LA has more guys that have been there and done that. Uh, and Jacksonville is a very young team with a second-year quarterback. Uh, I, I think the nod goes in every which way towards the Chargers with the exception of coach. And I don't know that Doug Peterson is enough to get past this slowly getting healthier L.A. Chargers defense. And so the Chargers are two-point favorites, and I'm taking the Chargers as much as I would love the Jags to win. I'll be rooting for the Jags, but I, but I think the Chargers win it. I'm taking the Jags. I, I don't think that's a bad pick. Like I don't like I don't think you can. Again, this is the hardest if it was, one. If it was a five point spread, <clears throat> I would take the Jags to cover, but the Chargers to win. Wait, what? So if it was a bigger spread, you'd pick the Chargers. I. I think Jacksonville covers the spread, but I'm and with this two point spread, I don't see them covering and losing. I got you. I don't. I don't think. I think this will be a three point game. I got you. I don't know. This one's hard. Like I, I think both teams 
have been unexpected. The Chargers were unexpectedly bad this year. And 10-7 and is not a bad record by any means. But people, I mean, a lot of people picked them to win the division. Yeah. Um, and then the Jags, obviously, crazy momentum to end the season. Uh, and so, like, I don't know. This one's really, really hard for me. Uh, but, again, I, I lean Chargers simply because of the experience of a lot of those guys on that team versus the average age of 14 on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I just, I don't know, dude. There's something about this Jags team I'm I'm believing. I love them, dude. I love them. I, I'm, I'm terrified of them because... It said every Tennessee Titan fan right now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> anyway. Um, dude, hold on real quick. I was on Facebook earlier. I caught a little break at work, so I got on Facebook to just kind of, you know, kill time. I hope your boss listens to this. Okay. Also, who gets on Facebook to kill time? What are you, 48? But I have the reading level of a 60-year-old. So, yeah. What are you going to do about that? Hmm? Hmm? Nothing. That's what I thought. This is why you do Uh, 17 loads of laundry a week. I did six. Okay. I counted. It was six. One of them's still in the washer. One of them's still in the dryer. What's You're your point? You're going to rewash those ones in the washer. Yeah, I am. I'm going to tonight. Why are you probably. saying this so aggressively? Why are you coming at me? Why are you airing my dirty laundry? It's actually... Well, it is dirty now. It's all mildewy. I'll just throw two pods in there and have it do the do. There you go. And it'll be fine. Wham, bam. Anyway. Any who's in... Uh, I saw more than one person complaining about the decision from the Titans to move on from John Robinson. <laughs> uh, and they were like the the summation was, "Oh, way to fire the the most winningest GM in franchise history." When you take away winners, problems follow in the locker room. That's why the team fell apart. No, shut up. The team fell apart because they suck. John Robinson has done exactly three good things as the general manager for the Tennessee Titans. He traded for Ryan Tannehill, which they all, who they all hate. Yeah. He drafted Derrick Henry. Yeah. And then he drafted AJ Brown, who he subsequently two years later traded because he refused to pay him, despite the owner saying pay him whatever he wanted. Yep. What do you mean? Yep. You mean the greatest wide receiver in franchise history, AJ Brown? I mean. Name. No, Eddie George was a running back. Yeah, I was about to say, name one better right now. Kenny Britt? No. I mean, technically, <laughs> didn't Randy Moss play a season? He played a preseason and retired because he didn't want to be I'm on the Titans. I'm saying technically Randy Moss was on the Titans. I don't think that counts. I'm just saying. I don't think that counts because I'm pretty sure he retired. Corey Davis? Why, why do you do this? Why do you do this and then say I'm the one who says silly things about football? I don't actually think Corey Davis is better. Guys, you heard it here first. David thinks Corey Davis is better than Randy Moss. What? No, we that's, were comparing to A.J. Brown. That's what you just said, dog. You said You said Randy, Randy Moss, Moss didn't count. We were, were comparing like to A.J. Davis. Brown. I'm just saying. But he's also not better than A.J. Brown. I was being facetious. Randy Moss? Jawan Jennings? Doriel Green Beckham. That's a good one. I mean, Derek Mason was one yard away from being the greatest Titans <laughs> wide receiver in history, but 
Yeah, no, but the, people are complaining oh. about the decision to move on from John Robinson. Let's look at some of the other greatest hits. Drafted Isaiah Wilson, first round. Notoriously fantastic player for the uh, Titans. Drafted Caleb Farley, Farley, first round. And, like, when he's healthy, he, it's a good pick. But the, the caveat there is when he's healthy, which is not often. Like, it's just consistent whiff after whiff after whiff. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think... Uh... The resume speaks for itself. The cons heavily outweigh the pros. I don't understand. Yeah. On the plus side, they're all rejoicing over the firing of Todd Downing. Uh, finally. A lot of offensive coordinators fired this week, but we'll dive deeper into that on a later episode. Resumes are important. I agree. Resumes help us make decisions. I agree. Resumes help voters make decisions when it comes to awards. What kind of awards? Uh, end of season awards. Which season? Winter? No. Football. It's my favorite season. Your favorite season? Oh, well, it's like my second favorite season. But, you know, teach that. Is hockey season your favorite season? Uh, no, fall. Which is football season. I mean, it's football, hockey, basketball, baseball season. Fair. I just, I Any like, hoosier. I like the cold weather. Same. It's sweater weather. Big fan. You know? January, February, March, favorite months of the year. Really? It's October, so November, December. Eh, it's not as cold. I like the cold. Yeah, but my birthday's in October. True. So I like And mine's kinda... in November. Oh, well, you know what? January, February, March sounded a lot better now. I'll throw this pin at you. Please don't. These people on this podcast know I'll throw stuff at you. How would they know that? Because last episode I threw something at you. Did you? I did. Oh, wow. It was very loud. Got the it was memory. the card, remember? Smacked you right in the face. Oh, that's right. That's right. It did. Or was that two episodes ago? No, that was last time. I was wearing my glasses. That's why I forgot. Like, anyway. Anywhoosin, we have awards, or should we call them fines, since we're here so we don't get fined? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No? No? Okay. I'll put that back in the workshop. But we don't want fines. That's why we're here. We're here so we don't get fined. Maybe we are here so we get fined. Found. That would go. That would be the antithesis to the title of our podcast. I mean, but we put out our podcast hoping that it's found. Found is a different tense of find. No, that's F-I-N-D. We're F-I-N-E-D, as in find a sum of money for some sort of action taken or not taken. Did you just use the word find? In your definition of find? No. Oh. Are you sure? Do your ears work? No. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, if you were listening quite a few episodes ago, around week eight, week nine, we made our mid-season predictions for uh, end-of-the-year awards. Now the season's over. So me and Thomas are going to tell you, based off of this season, who we think wins each award. We're going to go through all the awards, tell you who we got, why we got them. Uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. That'll bam, do, bam. pig. Uh, let's start with Comeback Player of the Year. Why? That's such a weird place to start, but okay. I mean, I feel like it's. I, I'm trying to build an anticipation. I have a feeling this is going to be the same player. Uh, I have a strong feeling it is also going to be the same player. All right, we'll say it at the same time. Three, okay. two, two. One, Christian McCaffrey. What? Matt Ryan? 
Did you really pick Chris McCaffrey? No. Oh, me? I didn't pick Matt Ryan. Okay, okay. Three. Is this one real? Yeah. Okay. Three. Three, two, two one. Gino Rivera. Smith. What? Oh, sorry. I forgot we weren't doing Coach of the Year. We were doing Comeback Player of the Year. I know you're not picking Ron Rivera <laughs> for Coach of the Year. Yeah, no. But uh, no, Comeback Player of the Year, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, yeah. It's That's not the, that hard. That like It's it's a one-horse race. It's been a one-horse race since week two. I will say, like when I think of Comeback Player of the Year, I think of a player that got hurt or whatever and like whatever and beat the odds to come back or whatnot. I, I would love to have picked Brian Robinson if he wasn't a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, it's hard to not pick. To me, I think comeback player of the year is someone who's revitalizing their career. Yeah, and I I think Geno fits that category for sure. If you did not know, Geno Smith hasn't started in, what, eight, nine years? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Career journeyman quarterback. Since he got his jaw broken by his teammate. Uh, But this year, after not playing for years, uh, finished the season eighth in the league in yards. Pretty good. Fourth in the league in touchdowns. Pretty good. The number one quarterback in completion percentage, and he only threw 11 interceptions, and he led this team that was supposed to win two games and be a rebuilding team to the into the playoffs. Yeah. It's hard not to root for Geno, and it's hard not to pick him for comeback player of the year. Yeah, I got a spoiler alert for you. What's that? Geno Smith is not the only Seahawk on my list. What? Of awards. What? You heard me. Well, you're wrong. How am I wrong? We'll get there. Okay. No, no one else can be. Listen, man. You do. I... But anyway, where do you want to go next? Let's go with the rookie awards. Go defense, then offense. I'm pretty sure our defensive rookie of the year is going to be the same. Who do you have? Sauce Gardner. I, too, have Sauce Gardner. I mean, I, there, listen. There was only one answer for this category yeah. as well. And it's not in the same sense of Geno and comeback player. With Geno, it was literally there's only one choice. Yeah. There were plenty of defensive rookies who had fantastic seasons. Fant- yeah. Absolutely great first-year benchmarks were hit. Absolutely great promising. Like, I'm not taking away anything from anyone. But Sauce Gardner was like adding, was like taking away half the field from day one. I don't know if you looked up his stats. Uh, he had two interceptions on the season. Which doesn't sound like a lot. But he's a cornerback. He's, he's not a, a safety. But he's a cornerback who also has an island. People yeah. don't throw his way already. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, only like 400 passes were thrown his way all season. Uh, he had two interceptions, 20 passes deflected, 75 tackles. Uh, around 200 passes were thrown to him. Or 400 passes were thrown to him. He mm-hmm. stopped around 200. So we only allowed, it was a little bit over five or 50% uh, catch percentage, but only nine yards per catch. So n- almost no yak um, yards after catch when guys did catch it on him. The big thing to, for me for Sauce, this man's a rookie, which means last year he was in college. Yep. This year he's in the National Football League. That's quite the grown not man only, league. Not only was he in college, he was at Cincinnati. Yeah. He wasn't at some SEC school going to go, yeah. going up against wide re- NFL wide receivers, basically. So this year, he's in the man's league, yeah. right? Big All jump. season long. He played all 17 games. He allowed one touchdown. That is, yeah. No, he's clearly the pick here. This kid is really, really good. 
I mean, good for the Jets, man. Dude, good for, I mean, good for Sauce to go to a defensive-minded head coach who's looking like he could be a guy in Robert Sala. Yeah. I almost, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm excited for where his career goes. I almost wonder if at some point we see him make a move from corner to free safety, though. I could see it. I mean, with how locked down he is, I doubt it. Uh, but I don't know, man. I could see it for sure. I agree, though. It's sauce every day of the week. Yep. Like you said, a lot of guys played really well. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson came into his own. Kayvon Thibodeau had a good season. But uh, when it comes down to it, this man played like a veteran cornerback this year. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's, how do you beat it? How do you beat it? If you're the Jets, how are you anything but ecstatic about this draft class you just had? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And anything but excited for the future. I mean, they were on the cusp of a playoff berth this year. They obviously didn't make it. Uh, but if they figure out their quarterback, this could be a really good team. They've got that defense working great. I agree with you. It looked bleak last season for Robert Sala. But I think this season they took a big step forward, and a lot of that's because of him. So, offensive rookie, who do you got? I want to know yours first. No, no, no. You You're going to be mad when I say mine. Uh, I probably will be, but... My, this is my other Seahawk. It's Kenneth Walker. Okay, fair enough. I didn't think about that earlier. Tell me why. I'll tell you mine when you tell me why. Uh, he started nine games, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, or started 11 games. Had I mean, he, he was incredible. In a, like, it was a limited sample size, yes, but it was more than 10 games, which is something. That's fair. And... That's fair. He took over almost every game he played in. Yeah, no, I, I like Kenneth Walker. I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, hear me out. Okay. Brock Purdy. I, okay. I thought about it. Hear me out. Brock Purdy technically played in nine games, mm-hmm. but he only played real time. In the first three games he played, he only completed four passes. He only threw nine. Okay. Um, hardly counts. But in the six games he played all full games, and only he only started five. Mm-hmm. He was five and zero in his five starts. Mm-hmm. Six and zero if you count that one. Um, but anyway, five and zero in his starts. In five starts, six games because he played the majority of the game. He came in relief for um, Garoppolo. He had almost fourteen hundred yards. 13 touchdowns to only four interceptions and a 67.1 completion percentage. I th- Those are great numbers. He was on pay- If he played the whole season with those numbers, he would have been a top 10 quarterback this year. No, yeah. But he's a rookie. I don't. I get he only played half of the season, but he is one of the heavy favorites. As the starting quarterback, his team is one of the heavy favorites as a rookie coming out of the NFC, second only to the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a rookie, and he's got his team in this position. Ended the season on a six-game win streak. Has not lost a game in his career that he has started. I mean, five-game career, but still. Like I was, I was about to kind of like start to pick you apart, but then I realized these are our awards. We don't have to follow any rules. I just like, I know he hasn't played enough, but I think his impact on his team is significantly more than that of a Kenneth Walker or a Brian Robinson. Okay. If Nick Mullins is playing in this 
in, in, in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Brock Purdy, do you think this team is in the position they're in? Do you think this team have the second best odds to win the NFC? No, but I think a lot of I don't I wouldn't give them they the 49ers are not my second best team in the NFC. Well, I mean like odds on favorites to come out of the yeah. NFC. No, no, no. I I'm know. not talking about I think, they're not my second favorites either. I think But I'm saying they're the like Vegas odds on favorites. I think a second lot of favorites. I think a lot of their hype that they've been getting is related to hype. It's related to players being hyped up and propped up. I mean, that's an offense with Kittle Ayuk, McCaffrey, okay, so Eli here's my Mitchell, question. Here's my question. Debo. At what point does hype become legitimized? Because this hasn't been going on for a couple games. It's been going on for dang near half the season. Like that, I don't know. This has been like I think pretty firmly established at this point. I don't think the 49ers make it out of the second round of the playoffs. Well, depending on who they're matched up with. I think they come out of the NFC, but we'll get to that later. Um, I don't know, man. I just like, I again, I know he's played less than half of the season. I understand that, but I he's think the impact he has had on his team is greater than the impact any other offensive rookie has had on their team. Listen, if you want to give your Offensive Rookie of the Year award to a player who started less than a third of the games that their team played in this year, you're entitled to do so. I really do. And you're, you're, more, than, you're more than welcome to. Thank you. You're welcome. I give you permission. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So anyway, where are we going next? Makes sense that we'd continue. Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah. Who Did we start out with Depoy? Or yeah. D-Roy? Okay, so D-Poy, who you got? Uh, I told you somebody earlier, and then I did some research. You told and, me Micah Parsons earlier. And then I changed my mind based on research. Is it Roquan Smith? It is not Roquan Smith. That's who mine is, in case you didn't. Uh, my defense player of the year is Nick Bosa. Nick okay. Bosa leads the league in sacks, QB pressures, and QB hits, and is second in the league for tackles for loss with 16. He has 15 and a half sacks, 47 pressures, and 38 QB hits. Uh, in the majority of defensive metrics, mm-hmm. he is one in the NFL. And in the rest of them, he's two, three, or four. Uh, I did not realize how dominant of a season Nick Bosa has had this year. But he has been probably the best defensive player in football this year. So I, I, I've got to give Depoy to Nick Bosa. I wish I still had the stats that I came across earlier. Um, of the impact that Roquan Smith had on the Baltimore defense. I forgot what team he played for for a second, and then I was really saddened to remember that it's Baltimore. But uh, Roquan (laughs) Smith, I mean, I'm just being honest. Said like a true Steelers fan. I'm just being honest, dude. I liked it a lot better when he was in Chicago. (laughs) Um, But Roquan Smith is one of those players who... He, he's always top three in the league in tackles. He was second this year. He's a player that, as a middle linebacker, gets to the quarterback. Not a whole lot, but more than you would expect from a middle linebacker. Didn't he have, like, three sacks? Four and a half. Three interceptions. But the point is, is he, he fills numbers on all defensive stat categories. So he doesn't have the sacks. He doesn't have the interceptions that other players might have. But he has more like he has more of an impact across the board 
I get what you're saying. I I don't think that'd be a bad pick. Kind of feels like you're saying it's a bad pick. I'm just saying. I just think it's hard to ignore. I don't think Depoy automatically go should go automatically go to the person who's leading the league in sacks. But he's not just leading the league in sacks. He's leading the league in four different defensive categories. Yeah, but how many of them? And he's second in the league in TFL. Like, I'm just saying. Only one of them is sacks. What do you mean? How many total tackles did he have? I I don't know. Roquan Smith had 169. Well, that, his job is to tackle. He's a linebacker, arguably the best linebacker in football. I would argue that every defensive player's job is to tackle. But linebacker specifically. Cornerback's job is not to tackle. It's a I'm part of saying. their job. But it's not their main job. Just like safeties, just like edges. Like, their main job is not tackling. For a linebacker, his main job is tackling. His main job is none of these other things. It is to tackle. So you're just saying he did... His job well. I'm saying he did his job the best. Yeah, I mean, Roquan Smith is arguably the best linebacker in football. I'm not disagreeing with you. And honestly, after this season and the fiasco that was Shaquille Leonard and whatever was going on, he probably is the best linebacker in football. But he's not as disruptive and game-changing as Nick Bosa, in my opinion. I wish that I still had that uh, stat sheet of the impact he had on the Baltimore defense. That would have been a great thing for this discussion, but well, I do not. Maybe if you properly prepared for our podcast. Maybe. <laughs> oh, hey, what do you know? You found it? I did find it. Okay. So, uh, they traded, the Baltimore Ravens traded for Roquan Smith at the deadline. Okay. So, weeks one through eight, no Roquan Smith. Okay. Okay. And then weeks 9 through 18, Roquan Smith. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you the stat. Okay. The number 1 through 8, and then the number 9 through 18. Okay? I understand how it's going to work, yeah. Uh, Points per game, 22.9, then 14.7. Okay. Uh, Total yards per game allowed, 364 to 288. Pass yards allowed, 266 to 201. Opponent yards per carry, 4.4 to 3.5. And I think this is the big one. Opponent red zone touchdown percentage, 61.3 to 28. You accredit all of that solely to Roquan Smith? I mean, who else are you going to credit that to? A defense getting better and more cohesive over the course of a season? I... Schedule? I, I mean, like, the their front half of their schedule is significantly harder than the second half of their schedule? How familiar are you with the Baltimore Ravens schedule? I'm familiar with the gauntlet they went through the first six weeks of the season. I mean, that's fair. But, I mean, listen. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not saying he didn't have an impact on that team. I'm not saying that'd be a bad pick. Like, if he wins it, I'm not going to be upset and throw in shoes. I just think, like, I think there's a lot of other factors than just adding one player. to. Like, why would a linebacker have that drastic of effect on pass yards per game? I mean, middle linebackers are in pass coverage. I, yes, I understand that, but he's not going to drop like him showing up alone is not going to drop seventy yards per game in the passing game. I mean that's that's I just mean, not realistic. I mean that's a fair statement, but I like the Ravens obviously think very highly of him. They just made him the first twenty million a year linebacker. They should again. He's the best linebacker in football. It it feels like you're saying I'm not hating on the pick, but I'm hating on the pick. 
I'm just telling you why I disagree. I'm just saying, you sound very hostile. This is just how I talk. I mean, yeah, but like it sounds hostile right now. <laughs> why? Why do you hate Roquan Smith? What I don't. Do I just said he's the best linebacker in the league. What did he do to you? I just said he's the did best. He steal linebacker your ice cream cone. He's the best linebacker in the league. Did he break your copy of Forrest Gump? Yes. I knew it. Offensive player of the year, who you got? Uh, offensive player of the year is pretty simple to me. It's Justin Jefferson. Um, I think it's hard to discount the effect that he has had on this team. He had 1,809 yards. He had only eight receiving touchdowns, which is obviously not the best. But uh, when you look at game tape from the Minnesota Vikings, there are, I mean, the Buffalo game is one that mm-hmm. just jumps out automatically that like they would not have won without some acrobatics from Justin Jefferson. I think the impact he has on his team uh, is, is arguably the best of any offensive player in football. Like if, if this, if, if the Minnesota Vikings did not have Justin Jefferson, I don't think they win six games this season. That's fair. And they won 12. Uh, mine was different. Okay. I picked Jalen hurts. Interesting. Uh, 3,700 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, six interceptions to go along with 760 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. It's pretty good. I, I, di- I will admit that I was pretty set on this pick when I went to fill out my list and did not do the most due diligence. But like once I saw Jalen Hurts' rushing stats when I was looking at the MVP for a pick for an MVP, I, I knew that that was my pick. I like, I don't know, man. I've always like made like the MVP is a quarterback award. The offensive player of the year is a, a non quarterback. Yeah. I skill position award. I just, I wanted, so I didn't even look at quarterbacks. Is what I'm saying. I don't think you're wrong. I just that. like, I didn't normally, I would agree it. with you. I just, Jalen hurts had such a good year. You know? I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. That I I don't hate that again. I didn't even look at quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't. I don't hate that pick at all. That's fair. Um, honestly, like I would have him as second in my MVP voting. So I can see it. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I do love Jalen. I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I was a big Jalen Hurts fan ever since he got benched for Tua. I was like, this man is gonna make noise. Hey, fair. fair. And, I mean, uh, a lot. I was did. really hoping he was gonna go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but, I, I mean, bet. We got, I bet we got Pickett though, and Pickett looks good. I mean, yeah, it's still early, you know. Let's, yeah, let's let's circle back in three years, yeah, or two years, and see we'll see where we're at. I agree. Uh, and it, I'm gonna go MVP first because I know we have the same MVP, and I know we have a different coach of the year. Okay, MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, easy. It's I don't like I I don't understand. There are people who don't have Patrick Mahomes, and those people I think should get a head CT. To see if there's brain trauma uh, or something. This man uh, had 5,250 passing yards. Can you tell me what rank that was in the NFL? One. Ding, ding, ding. I, 41 passing like touchdowns. 800 on number two or something like that? Do too? what? Didn't he have like 800 yards on number two or something? Uh, not quite 800, but a lot. Like I think a, yeah. 500. Yeah. But uh, en- enough. Yeah, five or six. 
41 touchdowns, also first in the league by a pretty significant margin. He had a 67.1 completion percentage, which is a career high. And he had 12 picks, which isn't incredible by any means, but is not bad by any means. Yeah, comparatively to the rest of the stats, you'll take those 12 picks. uh, And 12 picks isn't bad, like, at all. It really isn't. Um, So, yeah, and not only that, but uh, also when you take in total quarterback yards, which includes, yes, receiving and rushing yards, he broke the record for the most total yards in a season by a quarterback. Um, Good for him. He's also he also became the third player in NFL history to have multiple five thousand yard seasons. This is only his fifth season starting. He's also the oldest quarterback like, in the AFC in the playoffs this year. Yeah, which is Patrick, really uncomfortable to think about. Patrick Mahomes is far and away the best quarterback in football, yeah. uh, and this season was far and away the best best quarterback in football. So, head coach of the year. I know you have. I don't understand how there's an argument. I genuinely don't. But anyway, you say yours. Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. Not a bad guy. Obviously, he's not a bad guy. A bad pick. Um, I got like about four guys I would pick over Sirianni. Not because he's a bad coach. Just because I think other guys have done more impressive things with worse teams. Your pick isn't a bad pick, but it's a bad pick, and here's why. No, I do think this one's a bad pick. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think it's a bad pick. I I think that you are very pigeonholed in on Peterson. But I'm I'm saying I got three I can name three other guys and give you reasons why I think they did a better job this year than Sirianni. Yeah, but other you, than Peterson. Yeah, but you're very committed on Peterson. But I understand that, Thomas. I'm just saying. But I'm saying I can pick I can name you right now off the top of my head three other guys that I think did a better job than Sirianni this year as a head coach. Okay, then do it. Kevin McConnell, biased, Brian biased, Dayball, biased. Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Biased, biased, biased. How are any of those biased? Because they're not Nick Sirianni, who is the right <laughs> choice. That's why. Listen, Nick Sirianni, I think, had a better case last season. Last season, he took a team where a lot of people thought they were going to be the bottom of the bottom of the NFC least, and he took them to the playoffs. Last season, he turned Jalen Hurts, helped turn Jalen Hurts as an offensive guru uh, into a really good quarterback, and obviously it was expanded upon this season. But I think last season, he took what was not great and turned it into something fantastic. He had a great late late season push, made the playoffs, played really well in the playoff game that they played. And then this season is just building off of that. Uh, so I, I think he has a stacked roster. I think um, Jalen Hurts is more to blame for the good season than, than Sirianni. Uh, he's only faced adversity one time this season, and that was when Hurts missed two games, and they were 0-2 in those two games, uh, which I don't think you can solely put on on Sirianni by any means, but Minshew played great in those games. Why didn't they win? I don't know. I just like Sirianni's a great coach. I think he's a really good coach, one of the best in the NFL with what he's done with Philly, but I think after last year, that was like that was his coach of the year season to me. If he was going to win it, it would have been last year. Not this year. I think what Brian Dayball has done with less in New York, the fact that they were a playoff team this year, incredible. The fact that he made Daniel Dimes, Daniel Dimes, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, 
uh, look like a competent starting quarterback, incredible. Oh, the fact that that defense mind. went from pretty good to fantastic, I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach. Like, I just, everything that Brian Dayball did with, again, a lesser roster, I think is much more impressive than what Sirianni did. And then you look at Kevin O'Connell. This is a bad football team. This team did not win a lot of games. The offense struggles despite their weapons. Kevin O'Connell comes in and makes them uh, all the way fight all the way for the number one seed in the NFC until the last week. They they played great offensive football under Kevin O'Connell. Yes, I understand that the the defense suffered a little bit, but they had blowout games against really good opponents. They had a great they also record. Got blown out. They had great records against teams over 500. They beat teams that were the top of the top, like the Buffalo Bills, in really good games. This is a team that, uh, we've talked about it before, they have that stuff. In a close game, somehow they always come out on top. And I think a lot of that starts with coaching. I think uh, I would make an argument for Dan Campbell, what I, Dan Campbell did this year. I think saying their defense suffered a little bit is rushing past the fact that they went from a really decent defense to a bottom five in the league defense in Minnesota. I don't know that that's the case. How do you figure? How do you figure it is? Because they rank third in the 30s, late 20s in yards per game and points allowed per game. That's pretty bad. Like... I don't. I just. But like again, they're still winning football games. They like are. That's my thing. Is when you have like again facing adversity, like having a crappy defense, and still able to come out on top of football games, winning twelve games a season, dominating the NFC North. Like they played yeah, really good I football this year, outside of a few games. Listen, I'm a Minnesota believer. They're they were my pick early season to make the Super Bowl. And I still think that they'll make noise in the playoffs. I'm not as sold on them making the Super Bowl, but I'm still, like, that's still one of my picks. But again. But I don't think we can give Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell, he deserves props. Let me just make sure I say that. I don't think the underwhelmingness of Mike Zimmer boosts Kevin O'Connell. What? Like, like, oh, min, like Minnesota's, I disagree. Like, Minnesota's offense took a huge step forward this year, and we expected that with them going from a defensive coach to an offensive coach. But, like, let's let's not act like Mike Zimmer was making the best of that defense or offense. He was doing a terrible job running that offense. And he, like, Kevin, I mean, he did go to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum, so we can't say he was that bad. That was a, that was a different offense than the one they have now. I'm just saying – I like what Kevin O'Connell did in his first year in Minnesota. First year in Minnesota, more impressive to me than what Sirianni did his second year, building off of what he did his first year in Philadelphia. And then Kyle Shanahan has started three different starting quarterbacks. Was the main player the reason they got uh, Christian McCaffrey? He was the one who drove that. Uh, has had to deal with the injury of their best, one of their best offensive weapons, and Debo Samuel. Like. The adversity he's had to deal with still to be one of the best teams in the NFC and have the second highest odds on favorite to come out of the NFC. I I think any four of those guys, and again, I could make I could make an argument for Dan Campbell. 
and what he did with his Lions and how much better that Lions team looked, especially the second half of the season with that defense, how good Jared Goff has looked this year. I can make an argument for Dan Campbell as well. All four of those guys, I can make an argument for better than Nick Sirianni. But none of them, I think, did a better job than Doug Peterson. I, I don't understand how it's not being talked about, how we are overlooking the fact that this team has had the number one overall pick in back-to-back drafts. Not five years ago. Not three years ago. The last two drafts, the one that took place less than a year ago in May, and then the one a year before that. The worst team in football, number one overall draft picks. They didn't trade up to those spots. Worst team in football. He took that team on a 7-2 late season run to win their division and make the playoffs and have a real shot to where guys like us are having a discussion about whether or not they're going to beat Justin Herbert and the Chargers in the postseason and move on to the second round. Yeah. Uh, He has taken a crazy young, what looked to be not good at all roster, and turned them into a playoff team that a lot of people are giving a legitimate shot to make it out of the first round. What Doug Peterson has done in Jacksonville is nothing short of a freaking miracle. I would venture that the only reason that Jacksonville had the first overall pick in back-to-back years, specifically last year, was because of the employment of the man-child that is Urban Meyer. I could not disagree more. How do you explain the year before? Oh, no, they were a bad team, but they got Trevor Lawrence the year before. But, like... They also got Travis Etienne, who did miss his rookie year. I was going to say, he was injured. injured. That wasn't... They didn't do a good job bringing in... Uh, pieces to help Lawrence succeed, but if I'm looking at the teams on paper last year, Jacksonville were Houston. Jacksonville was the better team. That's an argument we'll have to have a different time, but um, I don't know that I disagree. I would have to look, but I really, really quick though for a different time. Uh, these conversations have kind of drug out a little bit. Do we have time for the draft? Or are we gonna, should we push that to next week? We might want to push it to next week. That's a fair point. Um, it's, we've been talking a while. My yeah. mouth's kind of dry. But anyway, I, I think the presence of Urban Meyer, if anything, lends more to my point. That's, that's a fair because argument. Because Urban Meyer like, tore apart a culture in a locker room. Urban Meyer, that was, can we, is there a move that, like, honestly, this might be a topic for... Honestly, you know what? I think this is. I think we should talk about this later, like when we can devote a whole episode to it. What, what moves have set franchises back the furthest? I honestly, that's a, sounds like a great conversation. Because I mean, like, a, sounds like a great conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, because that Urban Meyer decision was bad. Yeah. Thankfully, Jacksonville brought in Doug Peterson, who has a history a consistency but again urban meyer you could argue ruined a culture in that locker room you might have changed my pick here to doug your head coach is kicking punters is not flying home with the team so he can go finger a girl's booty is the probably he's married 
arguably one of the worst coaches the NFL has ever seen. Mm-hmm. That team was in shambles. This guy who was considered to be the next Peyton Manning was playing like the next Nathan Peterman. Like you Urban missed, Myers, such an opportunity there. Urban Myers toxicity seeped into every aspect of that team. And we've talked about it. Everyone and their mother in sports media has talked about how important a culture is to a locker room. Oh, it's super. Doug Peterson came in, immediately flipped that around, and again, took this back-to-back first overall pick having Jacksonville Jaguars to the division winners. Like, why are we not? I think the the important thing is... Arguably the best division in football. Actually, I think pretty unarguably the worst division of football. That was one of those moments where I wish we had video so bad just to see my face as I processed what you said. It was great. Um, But, oh, geez, you just reset my brain, dude. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Um, I, oh, oh, oh. The point on this is Doug Peterson should at least be in the conversation for rookie or for coach of the year and he's not and it's it's a it's a tragedy he he he's is? i think currently third odds on favorite oh maybe even second sirianni's number one odds on favorite uh mike tomlin should be number one he mike mike tomlin does have odds i think he's like seventh yeah but um i don't know man i just like i i i think we have been discounting i think everyone has been discounting the the back-to-back number one overall picks to Division winners. Division champions. I think like, they got... People, when, when Cleveland went 0-16, the next season they won their first game, seven games into the season, everyone acted like the freaking world was ending. Yeah, and but yet let's... we're not talking about this team that's won three total games the last two years. Yeah, but they... And won nine, three times that many this season. They did get helped out, though, with the implosions in Indianapolis and, and Tennessee. I, I mean, I don't disagree, but that's like saying the Bucks got helped out by Carolina playing badly or the Chiefs got helped out by Russell Wilson playing awful or the San Francisco 49ers got helped out by Kyler Murray going... To, like, every team had to get help to win their division. Yeah, but I think Jacksonville had more... Like, we weren't even considering Jacksonville to be in the top two of the no one had Jacksonville in the top two of the division going into the season. Yeah. Everyone thought Tennessee know. and Indianapolis would have double digit wins. Yeah. That nice. did not happen. They were tremendously bad compared to what we we expected. I know I don't, you look, know that. I don't disagree there. I just like I'm just saying I still not, don't think we can undercut as no no he had a good what season. Peterson's done. He he's done a lot. He's done a tremendous amount. He's changed the culture. He's improved players. He obviously again won the division. Like I can't wait to see what they where they go from here. But it's not like they won their division with a twelve and five, eleven and six record. You know? Tom Brady won his division with the same record. That's cause, okay, and no one I think everyone acknowledges that Tampa Bay this year is not the same as Tampa Bay the last two years. That's fair. You know? I don't know. I I just I I think the fact that this team is in the playoffs should be enough to win him coach of the year. I don't care if they won six games and won the division. The fact that this team is in the playoffs should be enough to win him coach of the year. I mean, that's fair. Based off of how awful they were. And they again, they've won three times as many games they've won in the last two seasons combined 
this season. They finished the season as one of the best teams in the entire AFC at 7-2. and two. Let me ask you this, David. Who do you got as fans of the year? Buffalo. That's not what? It's Buffalo. Wow. The disrespect is real. You know who I have as fans of the year? The fans of this podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, in re- it, it, it's Buffalo. I mean, why do you hate our listeners? Uh, because Chris didn't raise $8 million for kids. That's fair. Way to just... I, I, I can already see him now <laughs> listening, He's driving the go, work. Man. Man, this is why they should talk about basketball. <laughs> man, they should talk man. about NBA, MMA. I can hear... Man. Man. <laughs> Come on, man. Why Love you got to do me like that? Love you, Chris. I'm just riding home from work, minding my own business, <laughs> trying to support a friend... And just listening to him push me under the bus like that. Man. I'm not pushing him under the bus. Man. Anyway. No more Uncle David for David. Anyway. <laughs> Listen. Uh, I agree. The listeners of this podcast, the best, the awesomest. The greatest. Listen, I don't know where you're going. I don't know uh, what kind of phone case you have. I have case to fly. They're pretty cool. I, I, I hope your phone has a case. Please. Protection is important. Amen to that. Wrap it before you crack it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here, here so, so we don't, don't get, get fined. fined.